Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger. And I very rarely address this few people because I have more than this in my household when I talk. But you've got, let's see, what was I about to say? I'm trying to reassemble my thoughts. You've got me, Dr. Steve. I'm the cool one. I'm the one that's properly lit. And you've got Breakwell over there, the unicorn, that a lot of you talked about him being too brightly lit last week. And James, I want to remind everyone, it's not because you're angelic. Wait, 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 wait. You say a lot of people. Are you implying yeah. we had multiple comments on our podcast last week? Multiple comments? If multiple means more than one, then the answer is yes. Okay. Well, that, that uh, downstairs computer, it's, uh, it's in front of a window, so it is what it is. You get, you get the ambient light. It's, just, it's part of the authentic experience. If we had any production values whatsoever, we wouldn't be true to our roots. So you got you to gotta just roll with it. Whatever terrible conditions uh, are out there, we just we play ball. And terrible conditions are our strong suit, typically. <laughs> That's what we bring to the table every week, rain or shine. Terrible conditions for you, the listener. But you're here, so what are you going to do? We abuse our listeners and our viewers, and yet they keep coming back. James, I've never been more drunk with power. I know. I just It's really got to be Stockholm Syndrome at this point. I can't think of any <laughs> other reason why they'd come back. Well, they come back for the uh, the spirited repartee that you and I exchange every week. And we've got a topic this week that was born of a, uh, an offhand comment that Breakwell made during a text to me. And James, do you remember what the offhand comment was yeah, and but, what we're going to talk about? Well, we're going to talk about pet care and uh, some stories that go with it. But the comment I made wasn't as disturbing as the question that led up to it. You asked me a very confusing and vague, what do you look like this week? <laughs> it's like, is this like a Jake from State Farm situation? You want to know that I'm wearing a polo and khakis or what? So I said I look fantastic as always. And then I did relate to you, but I did just have to wash off a bunch of pig blood from a hoof that I was trimming uh, not so successfully. So, and apparently, I, I thought that I would be, you know, shamed for my, uh, my pig blood, but it, this wasn't a carry situation either. Steve, instead, today, was all about it, because apparently he has some similar situations with dog blood. So, this is going to be a gory podcast, but not really gory. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully funny and entertaining, more likely time-wasting and meandering, but hey, let's see what we got. <laughs> Remember, terrible conditions. <laughs> Is there, is there any other way to record a podcast? Uh, obviously not one that we're aware of. Yeah. <laughs> so if there is, we are, it is unbeknownst to us. But James, explain to me what happened. Uh, you, the self-proclaimed son of an office worker, the one that doesn't understand you can use different kinds of screws to put on a license plate. Why were you in the business of shearing the hooves off of your pig? So I own two pigs, too many pigs, and uh, their hooves just grow and grow, and you've got to trim them. And I finally got to the point the other week where when I was posting videos of my pigs, people were making snarky comments and they were pig shaming me for my hoof length. Ooh. And I was like, all right, I got I to gotta deal with this. So, and it, it, it's just, it's such a job. So that, the bigger pig weighs yeah. 100 pounds 
And uh, actually, it's such a, it's such it's such a burden that I actually looked up how much it would cost to have like a pig trimmer come here. And for the two pigs, it was a pig like, trimmer. Yeah, it was gonna be like four hundred dollars. I was like, there's no way. That's like that's more than I paid for both pigs combined. What I got for free, and I think what I paid a hundred dollars for. So there's no way I'm paying four hundred dollars to trim their hooves. So, and I kept waiting for my wife Lola to be available. So our usual system is I go down and I scoop up this pig and I waddle over to a high chair. And I have to sit in a high chair. It's a high chair with no sides because it has to be a chair that's narrow enough that Gilly can't put down her feet and get purchased and jump off. Her feet have to be dangling in the air. So I scoop up this screaming pig. I sit in a high chair and my wife maneuvers underneath the pig like she's changing oil and gradually clips it off. And we've got two different types of shears. We've got these big metal like I, I don't know. They're like pinchers. They look like the things you use to snap the off nail heads for, for nails that you yep. want to plug. And then the other one is they're like like garden shears, but they're actually goat shears for goat hooves. And she uses the goat ones because she has tiny little hands and she can't get her hands around the bigger one. And it just, But it, it takes forever and she just can't get that deep. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I can do this myself. So I went to the internet and I watched some videos <laughs> about pig flipping. And in these videos, said, oh, you oh can totally do this. God. If you flip a pig over on its back, you like grab it under the hind legs and you like walk it backwards and you flip it under your under your crotch and then you sit on it or you pin it between oh. your legs and uh, and then you can kind of do that. Well, I did that. My one, the bigger pig made a mistake of coming in by herself. I closed the gate so she couldn't get back outside. <laughs> My wife was out of the house. There were no witnesses except the children. I thought, you know what? I'm going to flip that damn pig and I'm going to trim those nails right now. This is going to happen. So I went and I grabbed that pig and I started to flip her and boy, did that pig get mad. Like, the murder squeals that you sometimes hear through the video, they are nothing like it is in person. Like, my kids get on the verge of crying every time this happens. It just it traumatizes them so much. It really sounds like this pig is in pain. It's like, you're not, there's nothing, we haven't even started the process where there could possibly be pain. I'm just flipping you over. So, and and the, the pig flipping, I'm not a fan of it because she's pretty long. But when you flip her, you got to send her right under your crotch. And it's like, I don't really want the pig down there. Like, if she wanted to do damage, that would be the chance. But I did it. I, oh, sure. I, I slipped her right under there and then I tried to pin her in place with my, with my legs to keep her on yeah. her back yeah. and she's yeah. too like she was all bloated from the day she's been eating apples and all this stuff she's pretty round and she's kind of rolled to the side and i tried to grab her and she was half twisted around doing a crocodile death oh. roll it didn't work at all so then i tried it again obviously uh same reaction now she's all riled up and um and i i would have to like i would have to in order for this to work with her shape I would have to get on top of her, like, you know, an MMA when one guy full mounts the other one down on their knees, pounded him in the face. Like, yeah, I would yeah, have to yeah, be yeah, on yeah. that position in this pig to pin it. So, okay. So I try that, and, and this isn't going to work. Pig's upset. Kids are upset. Wife's still not home. I'm getting these nails tripped. So I told the kids to go get this toddler mattress that we have upstairs. We tried to use it as a pig bed, but they wouldn't uh, They wouldn't sit on it. They don't like it. It's too, it's too airy. It kind of feels weird. It doesn't feel like a regular cushion. So I have them bring down that, and I, I kind of heard the pig back into this narrow hallway we've got. And she was trapped between the gate to outside and the hallway, and she couldn't turn around. 
And uh, one kid was over the top of the mattress, kind of distracting her a little bit, but it wasn't working. And the pig is whining like crazy, trying to bang her way out through the gate. And I just take these big old clippers, the ones that my wife's hands are too small for, and I just grab a back leg and I just start hacking away. And the pig oh! can't get away. And it, like, it starts working. And, like, usually before when Lola does it, we're getting, like, little tiny slivers like you're clipping yeah. a kid's fingernails. I'm getting chunks, like half-inch chunks of time. Like, this is fast. This is going great. Now, mind you, <laughs> I'm leaving her with some kind of square hooves. But, hey, hooves grow back. It's okay. We just got to get the length off. They were they were pretty gnarly. And so I hack my way through one hoof, two toes and two dew claws, and we're good. And I hack my way through the second foot, two toes and two dew claws, and we're really good. Then I go to the front one, which is a little trickier because it's up by her mouth and she doesn't bite. And she's usually afraid of me because I'm the only one in the house who can pick her up. But she sometimes swipes. And I have been flipping her upside down and chopping off parts of her body. So I don't know what she's going to do. So I grab the one foot. <laughs> And she kind of takes a knee, and but she doesn't really pull it back. And so I start clipping through, and I get and every hoof. I'm going a little bit further. I'm getting more confident. Like I can take off more than this because you you want to get as much as possible because this process is traumatizing everybody. Like sure, I don't want to sure. do a half measure. And so I get the the, the, the second toe on that. I'm like, oh, that was pretty good. I think I can get a little more. Well, dear reader or listener, I could not get a little more. I chopped off a little more and blood started going everywhere. You would have thought I hit like a major artery on that pig. <laughs> She's suddenly leaving bloody hoof prints all over the tile. My kid is freaking out. The pig is freaking out. And I've still got one hoof to go. You know what? Oh. I've got this pig cornered. We're doing this. <laughs> so I take my blood-covered pruning shear, and I grab that other hoof, and real quick, I did not do a great job on the last hoof, but I got it. I think I got both dew claws and both to toes. Then I shooed the pig outside. The pig was delighted to be away from me, and then I sent the kids to grab paper towels and those like Lysol wipes that are in short supply in the quarantine because I had to sanitize my floor from a whole lot of pig blood. Now, she's been outside pretty much all day. I'm pretty sure she's not happy with me. So hopefully that blood clotted up. Hopefully she's fine and her hooves are going to grow back nice and neat and all of that. Uh, but I don't know that for sure. I guess I could go outside and find her woozy from blood loss from that nick on the on the, duke, <laughs> on the toe. So, so who knows? So that was my story. That's why I was covered in pig blood. And like that was the exact moment when you texted me. So uh, <laughs> it was a fun time. But I know at least one listener will complain because now I've talked for like 55 minutes of our podcast. So I'm going <laughs> to toss it back to you because apparently you have some bloody stories as well about grooming gone wrong. Wow. Maybe I should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated by that. I'll tell my story in a second because it'll only take a second. But uh, Breakwell, if for nothing else, he's never at a loss for words. <laughs> the, so you can tell by looking at the pig that their hooves need cutting? Yeah, it's like the angle. It's supposed to be more straight down, but um, eventually they kind of start curving out and getting real flat. And that's not supposed to be. Now, if you're really, really bad, and I'm not saying this has ever happened with my pig, but that flat part will eventually snap off on its own if you wait too, too long. But yeah, it's supposed to... It, it, but it, but the, the point where it's supposed to stop is not as clear as I believed. It's really not. <laughs> so <laughs> you what can, you're trying to... Oh, go ahead. Well, Because it's, it's got a quick, like a dog. Uh, like a dog. I mean, all right, mammals right, are right. all descended from the same thing. And the quick isn't supposed to expand, so you just got to avoid hitting the quick. And I guess you can shine a flashlight through the bottom to kind of see, but like I was using one hand to hold an angry pig and one hand to hold the clipper so that, you know, the, the flashlight was not happening. So you're sort of like trying to trim the fat from around a pork chop, sort of, or a piece of steak, right? 
I mean, it's like it's like trying to trim the the nails on a dinosaur while it's attacking you. That's like that's the closest analogy sure, I can give. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Very clear. <laughs> well, speaking of quick, cutting to the quick is indeed an art form, and I guess you have to overshoot your mark in order to learn that this is something that shouldn't happen. And uh, Mrs. Steve learned that, and it cost us a visit from the carpet cleaning company to come Ooh. in and do our whole house because. We had, and uh, he, it's been a while since Rudy died, but we had an 85-pound poodle. Wow. And I, I don't know if there are poodle nail clippers that uh, are out and about that charge $400 <laughs> to come to the house, but it would have been well worth the investment given the aftermath. We actually have come to refer, we, we've come, this has come to be known as the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in our house <laughs> because nothing Al Capone ever did was less bloody or more bloody than this. But uh, I was on the road because that's when my wife gets these bright ideas that she'll take care of things. And she decided to cut the dog's nails, which oh. required a similar calf rope incident that you have with your pig, which is you've got to sort of get around the dog and then on the dog. It, it's almost like you have to pin the dog in like a WWE wrestling match before you can do anything because the dog and her are roughly the same size. And my son was probably eight at the time. Daughter's not that big. And the dog has angry animal, like, energy inside. So wife got one fingernail on the dog too close and, like, cut into the quick. And it was, like you said, it's like a femoral artery. Just got sliced <laughs> with, a, with like, uh, like, a straight razor or something, like John Lithgow in that Dexter episode. But uh, the dog ended up throwing everyone off like a bucking bull and took <laughs> off through the house. And uh, dogs don't ever run in a straight line because they don't have a specific destination <laughs> on their GPS when they get going. So she had to have done, given like the blood splatter that uh, Dexter ironically had to come in and analyze, like uh, there was, she did a couple laps in the upstairs bonus room, ran through the hallway, ran back around <laughs> down the steps and then downstairs. Anyway, we had to get the whole house like carpet clean because oh, we had beige, taupe, whitish carpet, just builder grade crap that you get in one of your earlier houses. But man, that stuff, it looked like we had probably killed like a party of six in our <laughs> home. And uh, the whole thing had to get cleaned. And uh, the dog probably was mistrustful of my wife from that day forward or just forgot about it completely because wife ended up buying a rotary tool with a like a, like an emery board on the end of it to like file Rudy's mm -hmm. nails down. No more clipping. But uh, now we have a little dog and she has me like hold the dog in a death grip while she just bang, 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 clips his nails. And he hates it, but he really doesn't have the bulk behind him to do anything about it. He just has to acquiesce. But that's my story. <laughs> Not nearly as entertaining as yours, but <laughs> certainly as expensive. Pigs are, they, they just raise the stakes on every pet encounter. That's what they do. Uh, we had lots of bloody footprints. So <laughs> luckily she only wanted to go outside. So she went back towards the mudroom. So we just have a crappy rug back there and some blankets. And those are, last time I checked, all covered in bloody footprints. But when we're done with those, we will just throw those out. Those are, there will be no carpet cleaning service. Uh, we don't do our dog's nails, though. We take him to the groomer like twice a year. He's got he's a, a mud of a bunch of different stuff, like Lahasa, Opsa, and Yorkie, and all this stuff. But the gist of it is he doesn't shed. I mean, every once in a while he'll drop like a, 
a cotton ball that will go like a tumbleweed through the house, but he doesn't really shed in a traditional. <laughs> so if you don't shave him, his hair just gets longer and longer until you can't see the dog. He just looks like a, like a pillow or something. Yeah. So we have to take him to the groomer a couple times a year. And when we go, I want to get my money's worth, obviously. So I tell him just buzz sure. him down. All the way down, sheared to the skin. <laughs> That's all I ask for. And they do it. They do the nails at the same time. So actually, I have not had to do a dog nail. So uh, you've got a different experience than I do there. And I respect you for that. Now, did you get a smaller dog specifically because trimming that bigger dog's nails was such trouble? No. It's an interesting question because it sort of speaks to how decisions get made in the house. So the first dog, I wanted a big dog. Mm -hmm. like we had just come off of a couple of German Shepherds that were drop dogs. And I, I like big dogs. I like messing with the dog. I like throwing the dog around. I like the dog. The dog would... Uh, do this thing, He's, she still had, or he, Rudy was a boy, he still had a little bit of puma in him, like Timberwolf, because <laughs> my son would be on rollerblades in the house and sort of go in the circle around the kitchen into the living room, into the kitchen, and Rudy would jump out, jump on his back, and grab him by the back of the neck and take him down wow. on his rollerblades. I know, it was hilarious to watch. I don't know how he survived. But anyway, <laughs> so... I wanted the big dog because I wanted the kids to have big dog experience where you get sort of rough and tumble with a dog and wife wanted a little dog. So when Rudy died, we got a little dog and then that dog died and we got another little dog. And I suspect every dog we get from here on out will be a little dog. So I'm not sure how this taking turns things works, but it seems that I am no longer a part of that decision making process. I mean, we, that's true of every era in your marriage. So that's that's not a surprise to any yeah. of us. Little yeah. dogs, though. Yeah. They're nice. They have little poop. They don't, you know, you don't have to, like, I won't say you don't have to walk them because people will jump all over me, but they get a lot of exercise just going through a house. Like, your house is like oh, 25 God, yeah. acres, so they, you know, by the time he runs up your six flights of stairs, I mean, that dog's pretty well worn out. Mine has the same thing. He does get walked some by the kids now that we can't go as many places, but yeah, he, we've got 240 feet of fence line. He just runs up and down that in the yard and gets all the exercise he wants most days. It's uh, logistically easier. I mean, some of those big dogs, when they poop, it's like a horse, you know. It just, uh, everything, oh, yeah. everything's just a little harder with a big dog, and especially shedding. Now, it looks like your little dog does not shed. Am I correct in that? That is correct, but wife just trimmed his face because he gets this hair bear look where he can't see because his hair is all in his yeah. eyes. She trimmed off a pile of hair that was the size of the dog, and it just came from his face. I don't know where <laughs> it all comes from. Yeah, we, we only tried to uh, trim our dog's hair once, and it was when they were puppies <laughs> and really out of control, and uh, at the end of it, we were completely covered in hair, and the dog looked terrible. It was like trying to shave like a, a furry bass, like the whole time. He's just like wiggling like he's on the end of a, like he's a fish out of water. It was, it was not a good experience, and after that, I was like, I will pretty much pay any price to not repeat this experience. And we found a groomer. I mean, we're in the middle of Indiana, so everything's cheaper. It's like 35 bucks a time. So 35 bucks twice a year, and I'm not covered in hair, and I don't hate my life. So that is, that is money well spent. Now, th since quarantine started, we're not, I, I'm not going in the same direction that I usually am, so I actually had to find a new groomer for the first time. And this new groomer requires all sorts of fancy shots and all sorts of that, so this, this dog better be worth it. He's, <laughs> he's costing me. And you said you got your shave down to the skin, like he's going to enter the Air Force kind of look. We got our big dog shaved down like that once, mm -hmm. and it looked like a monkey and a, a bat skeleton had a love child. <laughs> like uh, the dog did not look right when it was just skin and bones. So I don't know. Poodles need a little bit of froof, a floof to look normal. 
Yeah, and I, are there any big dogs other than poodles that don't shed? Because the shedding is really a deal breaker for me. People, yeah, people who are like they're they're dog people. It's like you're great, but if I go in your house and every single thing is covered in dog hair, it's like that, that's so much work. You have to vacuum like every three hours. I I can't go through that. I, <laughs> I've got kids; they're messy enough, and they, and they shed. Children shed too. Oh man, it's uh, we have we have those robot vacuums that roll through, and my kids they all have hair that's like a foot foot and a half long yeah. it just wraps around that roller in there you gotta take like a like a blowtorch to cut through it but dogs i mean i i don't know how they have so much fur it just it's like they regrow it all in like two days and then they're ready to shed again yeah I, well that's why there's a whole cottage industry of breeding one particular type of dog with a poodle uh, yeah with a poodle labradoodles and schnooker doodles and Whatever, all, there's a whole bunch of them now because they are now hypoallergenic, non-shedding dogs that have Labrador or Golden Retriever qualities. Yeah, that uh, that sounds pretty well amazing. And like the idea of a big dog sounds good to me. It's like, oh boy, I could uh, go out and play with it and you know, rough and tumble all that stuff. It's like, you know what though? I don't play with anything in my house. I don't play with my kids. I don't <laughs> play with my pigs. I just at some point, it's like I got stuff to do. Go entertain yourself. So I think. <laughs> I think if I got a big smart dog, it would just be a big smart problem. That's what I try to do with my animals. And pigs, pigs really don't play. I mean, some people try to play with pigs, but I mean, a pig is just a food-seeking missile. It just kind of hangs out. It'll use you for warmth, but ultimately, <laughs> it's waiting for you to slip up so you drop food. And I respect that. I respect the the honesty of pigs. They really, uh, you know, you always know where you stand with them. Uh, kids are a little more conniving, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of the reasons. In my books, I always say you got to have multiple kids so they can play with each other. Otherwise, they're coming to you for attention. Now, and that's oh, why we yeah. had we used to have two dogs so they could play with each other. Now we've got two pigs. You know, one of our dogs died. I think we're going to phase out a dog, so we're just going to keep one dog. But he's, he's technically got the pigs to play with if he wanted to, even though dogs and pigs really do not play. But you've always been a one dog guy. What's the what's the story with that? Uh, I don't know that wife. Well, I don't know. We've been talking about getting a second dog because our current dog is so active. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, he has two modes. It either looks like a sniper took him out in mid-stride, <laughs> or he's, like, attacking everything. And he doesn't chew stuff up. He he throws it around and play. Like, he plays by himself pretty well, but he also is constantly seeking attention. Mm. He'll sort of jump up and nip at my fingers when I'm just standing still. Like, he wants people to play with him. So we've been talking about getting a sibling for him. I can't imagine what kind of whirlwind of energy that's going to bring to the house. But I don't know. I don't think my wife wanted more than one dog to take care of in the past. Let me recommend getting a giant dog to go with it. They can be a uh, <laughs> mismatched pair. Get the 85-pound dog and the 5-pound dog, and they'll be a... Uh... <laughs> you should walk them at the same time always. They would be uh, they would be the talk of the neighborhood. You wouldn't have to be and, and then pretend they're the same dog because they they both be poodles. <laughs> and then like uh, look judgingly at the person that asks if they're both the, what kind of dogs they are. It's just he expands when wet. It happens, you know. It's a, it's a bad hair day. <laughs> I don't, poodles are supposed to be smart, but our big one was a Friday build. Like God, that dog. He would, like, bang his head into the wall all the time and, like, drag his head down the wall in the hallway. Like, <laughs> there was something not right with that one. My daughter thought he was sneaky smart. Like, uh, he, she and he had a very different relationship than the mm. rest of the world did with him. But, yeah, he was as dumb as the day is long. That was a box of rocks with curly hair, for sure. Yeah, I... There are supposed to be these super brilliant dogs out there. I've really never had any brilliant pets. I guess my pigs are very smart, um, but they use it for evil. So I've got one pig that gets into everything and one pig that gets into nothing. And I think I think they're probably equally intelligent. It's just one 
has that drive to go to the dark side all the time. And so I don't know if it has a lot to do with intelligence or more just disposition. Some animals are smart, but they're smart enough to chill. Like, I'd like to think if I were a super genius for a human, like, I wouldn't be out there, you know, using it to wreck everybody's lives. Like, maybe i just hang out. Like, I'm too smart for all this. I don't need to mess with it. Uh, and so I'd like to believe that's what's going on with our smaller pig. But you think about it, though, like, for animals, like, intelligence, it always comes up in, like, a bad context. Like, they're so smart. You, you demonstrate that by, by the things they broke into or the things they stole. I mean, very seldom <laughs> is it, like, they're so smart they saved, like, six kids from a well. Like, I think oh, saving, sure. yeah. saving kids from a well, it's a TV trope. But in real life, like, how many times have you been saved from a well by a dog? Zero. Dogs are, dogs are all hype. You know, it's funny. I literally, within the last six months learned what the word trope means. I had no idea until recently. What? Uh, that's good. I'm, I, what was the context in which you had to learn it? Uh, one of the podcasts that I listened to, one of the members of their team is a movie guy, mm -hmm. and he would constantly use it just the way you did. Well, I guess the way that it's used, which is it's a trope. Correct. It's a trope. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. So I had to look it up, and I'm like, oh! And so I've used it like uh, willy-nilly ever since then. Sometimes wrong, just uh, because I can. <laughs> I have a hammer, I'm going to use it. You rip on my English degree constantly, but here I am successfully using a word <laughs> that I haven't had to look up since I was like, I, I don't know, like last year. Who knows? I don't know when I learned the word. I used it correctly today. That's what matters. Uh, but actually, we're almost at time here. We've, we've, I think we we've, we've thoroughly discussed our dog traumas. I think we're, I think we're good. Do you want to close us out? Yeah, and I would even expand that to say pet traumas, unless you're yes. now considering your pig's dogs. I don't know I what think, they are uh, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your wife's going to heaven. Anyway, <laughs> you have watched another episode of Wrong and Wronger, which means you're probably going to get right into heaven, too, because you've suffered plenty down here on Earth. And until next week, when we come back and regale you with Tales of the Inane, I am Steve, Dr. Steve Olivas for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, don't become a trope, and get that trope out of my driveway. I gotta get to work. And always remember, two wrongs can make a right.